This is Give Me Some Truth. This podcast features appearances from Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and myself, Mitch DeWitt, from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. Here are your hosts. Truth. Um, I think we should get a sponsor one of these days, Nate, because Danica, Danica dropped off some stuff for us. Uh, it was a nice thing. We, we were talking about uh, podcast stuff with her, and she dropped off something called GH. Is it Creters? Creters? It's Creters. Creters. <laughs> is it French? <laughs> I don't know. It's popped corn, and it's it's buttery caramel corn and real cheddar corn, and. I'm beginning to think that we need a sponsor right now. Well, well whether we get the sponsor or not, we're going to buy more of it. So I don't know that, that, that those two <laughs> ideas go together. The next time you're in the office, just ask for some popcorn because I'm sure we'll have it. So uh, give me some truth. This episode is sponsored, kind of not sponsored, by GH Creditors, or I might eat it while we're going here. Uh, the other thing that, uh, Nate, you contemplated was um, movies. You know, we've got... Uh, We've got movies, best half of a movie, and then the movie doesn't really hold up. And, and I brought up Office Space as being one of those movies. And you mentioned another one. You mentioned- I mentioned Wedding Crashers, uh, both of which are fantastic for the correct age-appropriate crowd. Um, my kids have not seen either of them. Well, they're not. I think they both are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think they both are. Anyways, um, Best uh, first half of the movie, and then the second half, you just kind of scratch your head and wonder, how did we get to that point of the movie? It, it's really, they should have literally just made it like a half movie and just stopped. Cause I think that, Wedding Crashers is a little bit better for a little longer. It gets real the weird. The office space the is so good. The first half, I would say, is better than even Wedding Crashers. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. So uh, today, we're going to talk about um, rothifying your life. So... Uh, and and the onus of this is really that we've been meeting with some clients recently and we've been running some projections and working with financial planning software um, that's a little bit on the newer side for us. And part of the modules that it runs uh, is a bit more on taxation. And so we've been focusing a bit more on that, uh, not just because we have new software, but also because the tax code has kind of allowed us to take a look at this unique period of time. So... Um, you know, we've been talking more and more about Roth and why that's important. So let's go a little bit into uh, the background, Nate, of why, uh, you know, how Roth IRAs kind of came into existence and how we can get to Roth IRAs uh, at any income. Or Roth, I should say, maybe not IRAs, but in Roth means, uh, you know, by different paths. Yeah, the, the, um, the the path was was harder to get down, if you will, um, a few years ago because there were um, more income restrictions uh, on what's called Roth conversion, and there were significantly fewer uh, employer sponsored retirement plans. Uh, most people know those by four hundred one k, four hundred three b, four fifty seven deferred comp, whatever it might be. 
Um, the idea of having a Roth side to those plans was non-existent. Um, you know, probably somewhere in the in the ten year uh, time period ago, uh, it started to become more prevalent, and now pretty much every plan, although you should check with your plan provider, uh, has the option of uh, contributing four hundred one k contributions or four hundred three b contributions uh, into the Roth side of those plans. So the great thing about it is that um, even if your um, income as, as a household is over the Roth. IRA limits. Here's where it starts to get tricky with acronyms and um, you know the jargon that we use. Even if your income is over that, you're still eligible to put Roth money into your 401k plan or 403b plan, assuming that those plans have those um, sides of the plan opened up. And and it's it's becoming the vast vast majority of those plans that have those now, as opposed to um, the vast majority uh, a few years ago that didn't have that. So that's the first kind of piece of it. But I, I even want to take a, a half a step back uh, further from that, and just briefly discuss why do Clint and I love Roth so much? Why do we think they're so powerful, and and um, kind of what does it do for people? Uh, because a lot of this is kind of predictive in nature of trying to predict what the future is going to hold by way of um, when we're going to die, what our tax rate's going to be, um, need for money, liquidity, kind of all of these different factors that go into it. But the, what we like about Roth IRA is that you've already paid tax on the contributions that you've made, and you never will pay tax on the gains, assuming you wait until you're 59 and a half years old or older to take the money out. So therefore, it becomes a bucket of money that we can get at without having to give the government any of it, regardless of what the government decides to do with tax rates. That's exactly right, and an added benefit of a Roth IRA, and it doesn't—it's not the same for four hundred one k's or four hundred three b's, but for Roth IRAs, you can always get your contributions back at any point without penalty. So, you do have a key to unlock the door. If, for example, you know you really wanted to go out, we just had a client talk to us today about this. Actually, um, should I go and, and you know cash out a bunch of my individual account, and then we got to come up with another fifty grand? Well, how do we do that? Well, we could dig into their Roth IRAs. Um, to get that without any sort of penalty. Now, it may not make sense for their situation or your situation if you're listening to that, but at least it does give us that key to unlock the door in case of emergency or if you start your own business or what have you and really had to free up cash. It's an easy spot to get money. Um, the Roth IRAs uh, do have limits uh, to be able to contribute. You have to earn, uh, you know, if you're married filing joint, it's, it's just under $200,000. Uh, there's a phase out amount and things like that, but um, you know you should check with your tax advisor to see whether or not you're eligible. But you know, for us, if you're earning, say you're earning a half million bucks a year, well, you know you're probably going to focus on more of a tax deferral strategy uh, for your lifetime because uh, the tax rates are so high, and it's highly unlikely unless you just have you know unless you're a billionaire that you're going to end up having um, you know it's highly likely that you're going to have lower income in retirement as you have currently right now. Uh, so deferral makes more sense, but for the average American, uh, the you know the the household uh, that's earning less than say, you know two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand a year, um, you know there is a situation where Roth may make sense in their plans, and uh, you know the tax rates right now are are at you know historical low levels um, at those brackets. So those are things that we have to consider as we go forward, and uh, you know perhaps paying taxes now. And uh, making those assets more tax-free at a later date uh, might make sense for certain people. Yeah, the, um, the the flexibility that has been kind of uh, 
um, introduced in, into this um, financial planning strategy is predicated upon the tax bill that was passed, um, which uh, gave us uh, some level of tax certainty for the next seven years um, until 2025. Uh, obviously, you know, everything in the world can change. But um, as it stands right now, we have a, what Clint and I are kind of referring to as like a seven-year window um, where we have two things, A, tax certainty, and two, we have um, a relatively low tax environment, historically speaking. Uh, so with both of those things being the case, if we can decide to pay our tax, that, mind you, you're going to have to pay at some point anyways, right? We've got to pay it at some point. So if we can pay it in a tax environment that is historically low and is um, – likely to be in place for the next seven years, it gives us kind of a window of time to be able to take a look at the option. Now, we can't stress it enough. This is not for everybody. It, it won't make sense for everybody. It'll actually make sense for, for fewer people as far as things like conversions and kind of more of the complex strategies. So any kind of move that you make to move from deferred to, to Roth should be um, after it, you've had a consultation with your financial advisor and have some have some pretty serious conversations, um, financial plans being run, calculations being run, all of those things, because uh, you you don't want to just say, oh, Nate and Clinton like Roth, so therefore I should have all of my money in Roth. That that is not at all what we're saying. What we're saying is we have conditions right now that are favorable for um, taking a strong look at Roth IRA, Roth. You know, 401k, 403b, 457 deferred comp, whatever might apply to you, or potentially a Roth conversion strategy. Uh, the, the, the variables are such that it makes sense to have the conversation right now, uh, but it's, it's not for everybody. Yeah, and uh, with the other caveat that we're not tax advisors, nor are we CPAs. Um, so, you know, any sort of tax, uh, you know, any sort of tax implementation strategies that you utilize should be discussed with your trusted uh, accounting partner and CPA. Uh, you know, we were in our uh, accountant's office the other day and we were talking about the tax code and it was really interesting because she just kind of laughed and said, yeah, this is supposed to be uh, a simplification of the tax code and it couldn't have been uh, the other way around more. Um, so basically what happened was uh, we were supposed to take a lot of complexity out of the system and we just added a whole bunch of complexity uh, back in in many cases. So Less people will uh, itemize. That is uh, a factual statement, but it d does not mean that the tax code has gotten any less complex. Um, now let's lay out why people would consider Roths, and, and philosophically this is kind of how we view things. Um, we view things that we're in a lower tax environment than we will be after 2025, uh, primarily because of our deficits. And so you know, the Republicans came in and they passed this legislation, the first major tax reform we've had in a long time. And uh, what it was kind of posed to all of us was that it was going to be more of a revenue-neutral sort of situation. And uh, currently, we've seen the receipts come in and we're seeing deficits be larger than anticipated. And the tax, uh, you know, the tax revenue that's coming in is not um, keeping pace with the amount of tax breaks that were given to individuals and corporations. The corporation tax code uh, changes were made permanent. The individuals will sunset in 2025. So um, what we see is that um, because of this situation with uh, you know lower than expected revenue 
and higher and higher deficits. And if you looked at it, even before the tax code came into fruition, the deficits were set to explode due to demographic things uh, going on in our country. Primarily, a lot of baby boomers will be turning on Social Security and being heavy utilizers of our benefit systems, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and therefore our economic situation in the country from a budgetary perspective is highly negative. And that will be for a number of years. Well, uh, we've lumped this tax reform on top of that. And so we are likely to see massive deficits going forward. And at some point, you're probably going to see that all of a sudden we find austerity. And in an interesting way, it may come from the Democrats. It may come back from the Republicans booming around, boomeranging around. I mean, the Republicans were supposed to be the fiscally responsible party, in quotes. Um, you know, that has not been the case, and the Democrats have not been either. So there's no fiscal responsibility coming out of, of legislation in Washington. And at some point, there will have to be. And uh, the most palatable thing that happens is the tax code expires in 2025. Yeah, and, and um, I'm going to talk for a little bit so Clint can enjoy some more popcorn from our unofficial sponsor. Of, I'm not sure even who that is. I, I don't even know if that's a real company. I, I, I Maybe think- it's a Costco brand. It's it's fantastic, by the way. Anyways, so let let's just kind of address something because of of the politically charged environment that we all um, you know exist in right now. Um, this is not a political topic. Okay, this let's let's be careful not to make a decision because a I hate the tax bill that got passed. B I love the tax bill that got passed. Let's be careful not to turn the, turn it into a political, um, uh, you know, kind of debate, or let that kind of bleed into our decision that that we make on on whether or not this makes sense. Essentially, what we want to do is objectively look at it and say, what is the tax environment that we're in now? What do we think the tax environment will be in seven years after um, it is almost guaranteed? I mean, nothing in the world is guaranteed, right? It's almost guaranteed that that. Um, that the, the personal cuts don't stay in place. They can, um, but but uh, not likely. And, and Clint and I are, are paid every day to make calls on, um, you know, percentage calls, if you will, 60-40 calls, that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, we, we'd lump this exactly in with that same philosophy that, you know, there's a, there's a higher percentage chance that these cuts will go away in seven years. Okay. So that that's, is what it is. The... The political piece of it is is um, easy to kind of get lost in or kind of go down that rabbit hole, and then we start to make decisions on our finances because we like or don't like the people that are in charge. What we strongly encourage people to do is say, let's keep it as objective as possible. Let's make it a dollars and cents decision. Let's make it a decision that says, for me and for my family, um, this makes sense because of reasons A, B, and C, right? So the legislation that got passed, that will get passed in the future, that will sunset in the future, whatever it might be, uh, has an effect. We need to then, uh, uh, you know, kind of react and and be uh, proactive whenever we can to those uh, political changes happening until that legislation happens. So um, all, ultimately what we want people to do is to make this decision off of numbers that they are uh, discussing and crunching with a financial advisor, with their trusted uh, tax advisor or CPA, and as a as a kind of a team, uh, client, financial advisor, CPA, let's get on the same page and put a plan together that says, okay, for the next seven years, we're going to execute this plan because it gives us these, you know, one, two, three, four, five benefits, whatever they might be. 
Yeah, and I would say that, uh, I mean, there's one thing that we know for certain, and that is that the tax code um, will change over time. Um, and we're entering, <laughs> the certainty is that we are having an uncertain tax environment after 2025. And if we just look at the reality of the deficits and uh, all of that, we would venture to guess that revenues are going to have to be increased somehow. And what does that mean? Well, that probably means that uh, either the tax base gets expanded because of extremely good growth, which could happen, I don't know, um, or they're going to have to raise revenue uh, through other means, which means likely tax increases. And it, it depends on what spectrum that they you know, focus on. I mean, they could they could tax billionaires like crazy too, and leave all of us alone and leave those tax cuts the same. Or they could, you know, move the the tax rates up um, for a lot of Americans, and that's probably more likely to happen. Is that everyone's going to see higher taxes in the future? So, um, if you subscribe to that theory, if you believe in our thesis, well, then you know it might make sense to Rothify a portion of your life. You know, let's let's focus more on Roth for a while to say, okay, well, we don't know where tax rates are going to be. We think tax rates are going to be higher in the future. So therefore, let's focus on creating more tax-free streams of income and retirement as a diversification strategy. So everyone's probably going to have some tax-deferred assets. Everyone's probably going to have some taxable assets. And everyone's going to have some tax-free assets. It's the balance that you believe in. There's no right or wrong answer here. Um, you know, there's there's some things that are efficient and some things that are not efficient. And Nate and I will help people determine that, whether you're being efficient um, and then there's there's the more complex strategies too that we've started to run for our clients, saying, okay, well you've got you got a big you got five hundred thousand dollars sitting in a taxable account, and you've got you know two million sitting in tax deferred accounts. What should we do with this? You know, right now we're looking at a huge tax problem when you turn seventy and a half and you have to start taking money out. You're gonna have to take money out, and there is no uh, there's no getting around the fact that required minimum distributions have to happen unless you do something. And so, does it make sense? to pay those taxes today and to recognize some of that taxation today and to convert some of those IRAs to Roth IRAs and to pay those taxes. And that's where the more complex planning and uh, it comes into fruition. And, um, you know, we love doing those because it can have a, a trampoline impact on your wealth if tax rates do end up going up. Um, so those are things that we can help run for our clients or prospective clients to help determine how can we help you in the future maximize that after-tax rate of return if certain things happen. Yeah, and, the, and the piece that we haven't discussed yet is what this ultimately means for future generations when we leave money. Um, you know, Roth is, is, a, is an incredibly powerful um, kind of category of money or bucket of money to, to leave to future generations because um, they're what are called stretch provisions and the ability to kind of continue to grow our money tax-free and not have to share those, those gains with the government. Um, even even after the the primary uh, saver of that money is is n is no longer alive, so uh, the, there's there's a there's a kind of residual effect, if you will, or a residual benefit that that carries on, and so um, it, it it has that um, kind of opportunity feel to it, where we like to say, you know, even even in um, you know volatile markets, up down markets, whatever it might be, choppy markets, there's opportunity. Well, there's also opportunity that exists and, and that comes to fruition. Um, in things like tax planning and in you know how we allocate our money and where we put it, things like that. So this is just an opportunity strategy that we're talking about to say, if we want to try to become more efficient, if we want to try to put um, more of, of the, the cards in the deck in our hand as opposed to just kind of um, you know hoping that we get the cards that we need, uh, th this is a way to do that. So um, the, the end takeaway is, um, think about it, do a little bit of research on it if, you, if it's an interesting concept to you. 
Um, and then uh, obviously give us a call and, and book an appointment and come in and let's talk about it because um, you know, it didn't make as much sense, say, two years ago. It might not make as much sense three years from now. We, we don't know what the future is going to hold. But what we do know is that right now it does make some sense to take a look at doing this. And um, you know, people should, uh, should at a minimum uh, check the box to say, I looked at that option. And yes, it is for me. No, it's not for me. Or I'm somewhere in the middle. Thanks so much for joining us today in this installment of Give Me Some Truth. Enjoy some popcorn. Watch a movie. Ponder well, some at least the first half of the movie. At first half of the movie, ponder some Rothfication. That's right. And we'll see you at a future episode. Thanks for listening. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. That's the masses of silence. Look on dead in the eye. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.